Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Hashtag The Life of a Surveyor, um, and thank you for those who have decided to stick around and um, see me through episode two. Um, first of all, I'd like to say a huge, huge thanks to everyone um, for liking and sharing the details of the podcast, despite having a few teething issues at the start with Spotify and iTunes and not being able to get the podcast loaded onto those um uh sites but we're on now when we are available on spotify itunes is in the works and will be available shortly so um stay tuned for that um as well as that i would welcome any feedback and comments from you guys on the podcast uh, as you know i am an amateur at this as you might have heard from the blunder i made in the last one uh, my editing skills aren't that great so uh I've now managed to get some more software and stuff and get everything set up so that I can make my editing game slightly a bit more stronger um, and make it a better listening experience for you guys. So um, just bear with me on that. Um, why am I doing this? I had a few people say that to me. Why the hell are you doing this? I don't have anything better to do. Well, in all honesty, it was either this or TikTok, and I just can't see myself making stupid videos, so I thought I'd make stupid podcast instead. So um, hey-ho, let's kick things off. So in this episode, I thought I'd talk more about the RICS and what the RICS and what they do and what surveyors do in general. I know we touched on it in the intro um, episode, but I think I'll go into a bit more detail and then finally sort of end with where I come into all this and my role um, and my career, uh, how that all ties in with um, with, with with the podcast and, um, and, and surveying, really. So... Um, Let's kick things off. The RICS. What is the RICS? Now, a lot of people think it's an institute. It's not. It's an institution. It's the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, and they promote and enforce the highest professional qualifications and standards in the development and management of real estate, land, construction and infrastructure. The work of RICS professionals is hugely varied, and you can go onto their website to take a look about it more. Um now, the RICS goes back to 1792, um, which is when the sort of profession came about and the whole professional body came about. Um, and it's governed by um, a royal charter and has their own bylaws. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very stringent sort of um, uh, uh, charter that's, that's, that's sort of binding the whole profession together and making sure everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, and, 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 you know, it's just brings everything together and I'm sure I'll do another session on sort of um, principles and the, 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 the ethics um, which which the RICS try to enforce um, and, and expect from us professionals uh, who are trying to become chartered or are chartered surveyors. Um, now the RICS have a wonderful building based in Westminster. Um, as you come out of Westminster Station you look across the square uh, you'll see the purple flags waving around um, it's a nice nice historic building um, and I've had the pleasure of being inside there and uh, it's just an amazing building and I love having um, CPD sessions in there and go in there and hopefully I'll be able to get my chartership there soon as well so um, that's a quick roundup of the RICS um, so now let's look at what, what what surveyors actually do and what 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 the RICS say about what surveyors do Surveyors shape the way we live, from our towns and the cities to our streets and homes. 
They help create safer, better, happier communities. They keep traffic flowing, water running and people moving. They shape our roads, bridges, tunnels, our skyscrapers, stations and stadiums. They work in mines, in fields, on cliffs and on beaches. They value houses we live in and the places that we work in. They create safer homes and happier communities. And they're busy shaping our future too, helping regenerate deprived areas and planning smart cities connected by the Internet of Things and pioneering more sustainable and more environmentally friendly building methods. Surveyors work closely with a wide range of people, including architects, engineers, bankers, ecologists, town planners, and property developers. And they use latest technologies. Um, for anyone that knows me, I'm quite a tech freak and love sort of any gadgets and new toys and anything techy. Um, and just on a side note, my house is completely smart. So I've created a smart home. Everything's co- connected and works through Alexa. Um, I'm sure I'll do a podcast on that one day. So um, you'll hear all about that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the surveyors, they, they use modern technology as well. So uh, recently they, we've started using drones to map land and measure buildings and sort of um, do inspections. Whereas before you'd have to go up on a, on a, on a, on a, on a scissor lift and climb up a roof, get all your PPE on and get onto a roof um, and then, and then sort of physically go there and inspect it. Now you could just use a drone. I mean, yeah, it has its um, limitations and stuff, but technology is amazing. You know, rather than spending hundreds of pounds on a, on a, on a, on a, on lifting equipment and then, you know, getting yourself up there, spending a day there and going up on the roof and, you know, all the health and safety that comes with it. You could just spend a couple of hundred pounds on a drone, stand in the car park, fly it over the building, and hey, presto, you've got a roof survey done for, for a fifth of the price. Um, and, you know, by buying that drone, you, know, you do a couple of these surveys and it's paid for itself. So, um, you know, it might well be putting someone out of a job, sorry to say. Um, but, um, yeah, so technology plays a big part in surveying. Um, so, yeah, like I said, flying drones, you know, you can measure buildings by doing that, create virtual models, um, you know, uh, of buildings um, and data. Data is a huge thing. Um, so, you know, using stuff like um, the, the, the EPCs, the energy performance of a building, you know, that all that's in a huge database on a national register and stuff. Um, so you can pull that off and see how efficient a building is, um, how much carbon it's producing. Uh, what else is there? There's there's data on um, you know you've got the government website um, which has all the rateable values on for building rates, uh, business rates. You know that's that's a huge lot of data that needs to be collated and you know, there's, there's technological advances in how things are being done. Before it used to be all done sort of paper based and now they send you a link. You go online, fill out the details of your lease or your property, and um, hey presto, they've got all your data. So. Um, it's 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 very ingrained in technology. It's moving with the times, um, so you know that's 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 a huge thing. Um, the RICS are promoting the use of technology in the surveying profession. Um, so you know it's great, and you know for people like me, you know, I, I, as you can see, I get really excited about that. So <laughs> keep going. Um, so there are more than a hundred varied career roles across the surveying profession, and um, they're sort of split across three main sectors. Uh, which are construction and infrastructure, property and land. So construction and infrastructure, you've got a few surveying roles in that. So you can have um, one of the main ones, which people think a surveyor does, and you know, it's like the default category for a surveyor, is building surveyors um, who sort of go and help out and create 
and supervise everything from sort of tearing skyscrapers to a simple home extension. And so, you know, they'd be doing various bits and bobs on that. Um, you've got project management surveyors who who try and run these projects on time and to budget. Um, you've got quantity surveyors who assess the financial implication and the profitability of the construction. You know, they deal with all the costs and stuff and it's sort of full of spreadsheets. Uh, you've got building control surveyors who manage the use of the building and make sure that it complies with the rules and regulations and the health and safety aspects of things. So they'll, they'll be involved in the design of it and making sure that it's compliant to, um, to, to, to modern regulations and, you know, it's, it's all done correctly. Uh, you've got infrastructure surveyors who look at how um, different different cities and rails, roads and broadband and electricity all connected together, bringing everything together to create that infrastructure. It's exciting stuff there. Um, and then you go into sort of surveying roles into property. Um, and then you've got property surveyors who value, sell, rent, manage all types of housing, businesses. You know, you've got offices, shops, restaurants, leisure facilities, you name it, they do it. Valuation surveyors, they analyze, measure and value the buildings and businesses. You know, for example, how much is Google actually worth? You know, does anyone know that? If you know, drop me a message. I want to know how much they're worth and don't Google it. That's the challenge. Don't Google how much Google is actually worth. Right. Uh, you've got management consultancy surveyors who maximize business performance and running operations strategies and stuff. So, you know, how are you making the most of your of, of your uh, assets? And then you've got facilities management surveyors who try and create vibrant, productive workspaces and try and make, ensure all, it's all, it's all, it's all, um, sort of, it all comes together. You, they, 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 they run properly. Um, you know, that could, it could be anything from making sure that you've got enough lighting, enough power, enough water, you know, the management of that. There's so much health and safety that goes on behind the scenes. Um, I want to shout out, a quick shout out to Nelson, um, one of my best mates, Nelson, who's um, got a friend or an old colleague, rather, who's a facilities manager. Um, and he gave an amazing analogy. And I'll try and get him onto one of these podcasts to explain um, his analogy, because I found it amazing. It was to do with having a water cooler in an office. Um, and, you know, you'd think getting rid of a kettle and replacing it with a water cooler, it's a bit of a no brainer. It makes business sense. But there's so much more to it behind making that decision. And there's so much more to it. So I'll try and get him on and I'll try and get him to explain these things, um, because it was quite, quite enlightening for me to see um, someone outside of the property sector understanding these things and sort of getting ingrained into the nitty gritty and why things are done and how things are done so it was quite good for me and I think it'll be good to see how he explains it because um it, it kind of helps me understand how people want to sort of understand things a bit better and how I can explain it so uh, we'll definitely try and get one um and then finally surveying roles in land you've got ge geometric geometric matics geomatics yeah so I don't go into that Geomatic surveyors who map and analyze uh, data and information about land, sea, and buildings. So they're, they're the guys you see with those cool camera-looking things, and they're sort of analyzing everything and distance and space, and oh, it's quite cool. Um, you've got environmental surveyors who manage the development and the use of land to minimize the impact on the environment. So they'll be looking at sort of emissions and how things are built and whether they're um, efficient buildings, um, how they can be more environmentally friendly. So they'll be looking at sort of um, solar panels and stuff like that. Um, 
you've got minerals and waste surveyors who work mainly with extract extraction and mines and the use and management of natural resources um and then sort of the disposal of um, the related waste that goes with all the mining and stuff so uh, that's that's very very sort of a specialist area you've got rural surveyors who um value and manage the land and use in the countryside uh so they've got buildings land farms um you name it they do it in the countryside um so they'll, they'll stay well away from the cities um so you know they they usually have the messiest wellies in uh, the surveying trade. So uh, you can spot them a mile off. And then finally, you've got planning and development surveyors who help create the towns and cities of the future. Um, and they sort of look at all the planning applications that we put in and the implications that they could have. Um, and you know they they try and sort of grant us or refuse us planning consent. You know for for any developments we want to do. Sometimes you love them, sometimes you hate them. And it just depends who you get on the other side. Keep them sweet and they'll give you permission. Although that's what I try and say, but it doesn't always happen that way. So uh, <laughs> don't take my word on that. But um, so that's that's the kind of um, varying roles that um, surveyors have and surveyors do. So as you have gathered by now, um, I'm a commercial property surveyor, so I fall under the uh, property category of surveyors, um, and I focus mainly on property, commercial property management. Um, now, when I finished uni, I got into a property management role as a assistant surveyor with a charity down in uh, Berkshire, and um, when I joined them, I, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, we were taught all these things at uni, you know, on our courses, but yeah, you never know what to expect when you get into the working world. I didn't do a sandwich here, so I've never had any experience. And it was literally just going going in blind. Um, so, you know, I surprisingly got the job, um, given that I had no experience in it, except for I did at uni, um, and pretty much thrown in at the deep end. Um, I was just told we have a portfolio of, I think it was about 160 shops at that time. Um, they're all high street shops, they're all charity shops. Um, and I was told to manage them. So it was quite interesting um, when I was sort of trying to understand what, 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 what managing these shops actually involved. Um, so initially it was making sure all the data was correct, so all the leases and stuff were correct and we have all the correct information, because data is really, really important. Um, so that was one of the first tasks, really daunting, and, you know, you're an assistant today and that's what you expect. You, you know, you're not going to get huge lease renewals to work on and, you know, you've had no experience whatsoever. So um, getting all the data together, putting together systems in place where you can um manage that data and update it easily and getting all of that in place so in my first job I, you know a lot of the things i was doing was getting systems in place to make sure everything was more more streamlined and get all the processes in place that that will make the job easier so um you know we had 160 shops i was doing the management of them making sure all the ppm was done all the repairs and maintenance was being done so you're actually acting as a uh, an administrator and an FM uh, role so I'd be a facilities manager as well um, and that would take up a lot of my time so you know I don't I don't I don't hate it you know, it was great because I got to learn a lot of things and made a lot of contacts in the uh, management and uh, FM world so it's great uh, so that was one of the aspects and then the other one was acquiring new shops now I'd never acquired a shop in my life um, 
So I had no idea what to expect, but luckily the process is quite easy. You go, you go in, you look at comparable, see what deals have been done in the area. Um, I will do a special podcast on um, acquisitions at some point. So um, if anything doesn't make sense, tune into that podcast and it will all make sense. So, um, yeah, acquiring new unit, uh, new shops. So uh, I covered the whole country. Um, from Scotland all the way down to, uh, where was the most southern one? Probably Brighton, I would say, or maybe Portsmouth. Brighton, Portsmouth area, down to the south coast anyway. So um, acquiring new shops. Um, you know, you go in, try and uh, can find out what the latest deals are done through the other surveyors in the area. Use the local agents, try and find out what deals have been done in the area. Um, you have some information online, although a lot of it's not reliable because it's not been verified. So you try and find out what the what the market rates are, and it's all it all it's all based on the, um, uh, the price per square foot. Now you want to get that as low as possible if you're a tenant. If you're a landlord, you want it to be as high as possible. So depending on which angle you work, I was working for the tenant, obviously. So trying to acquire at the lowest price per square foot as I can. Um, so got quite a few deals done obviously you had to report back to the um the trustees at the time and do a whole little board report and make sure it's all signed off um negotiate the lease term so it's, it's not only about the rent you want to know how long you're doing a lease for you know how long are you tied in for for up for for a charity shop you know you don't really want to be tied in for more than three to five years um i know the model that this particular charity had was a six-year lease with a three-year break um, which allowed them the flexibility so you know you're kind of tied in for the first three years but if it doesn't work you're only in it for the three years you don't have to follow on you can exercise your break um and walk away from the deal walk away from the property altogether so um, a lot of the deals were done on a six-year lease with a three-year break um with no rent reviews strangely um we did have some stepped rents which is quite interesting but um again it, it did depend on what the market was indicating and how the market was performing at the time um so yeah that, you know you, you've got your rents your term um other clauses you know the use wanted to make sure that it was it was uh you know a one use for a for a charity shop um and all the other terms and you know you, once you've got the basic heads of terms uh, agreed you basically palm it off to your solicitor and they crack on with it and they do come back to you and try and sort of you know, get your instructions on you know certain clauses which the other side might agree or might not agree and you know how do you want to play it so you kind of got to know what you're talking about and what's beneficial for you and you know what what the other side are likely to agree um so agreeing all the terms agreeing all the lease terms lease clauses getting an agreed form out of the lease all done through the solicitors you spent hours on the phone with solicitors and you know it can be annoying um but it has to be done the best way to do it rather than pinging hundreds of emails around get on a call read through the lease see what sounds good see what doesn't see what needs to change and send it back to the other side until it keep repeating it until it's all agreed i know it sounds a pain and it is a pain but that's the way these deals are done um so during my time at this charity i think i acquired about 10 to 12 shops um, and then by the time I left I think they were up to about 175 shops in total so you know I was there for about two years and that was a great experience and um, for someone that's never worked in the property industry never had any experience acquiring managing um, commercial property it's amazing and I can't thank um, the guys enough so Tony um, you know if you're listening big up to you um, 
So, yeah, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for the experience you've given me. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, thank you very, very much, Tony, for that. Um, and then eventually I sort of moved up to um, a retailer uh, who dealt in homewares. Now, this retailer had, I think it was about 130. 30 shops when I joined um, and they were mostly out of town retail park based locations um, so going from a thousand square foot shop to a 15 to 20,000 square foot store in a retail park was a huge transition um, and then you know you're managing um, all these properties and you know you're introduced to service charges on a retail park I've never dealt with service charges in my life you know it's a fixed service charge of 500 pounds or something in a charity shop here you've got budgets reconciliations I had no idea what reconciliation was um, so it was it was it was a huge huge eye-opener to see how things are done um, differently when it's 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 in a sort of wider context and um, you know when it when it's a high street shop it's kind of the same shit every day um, but when it came to working on retail parks and you know larger stores um, and bigger occupiers it, it's a whole different ball game um, so yeah this 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 retailer sort of opened up new avenues made me learn a lot on you know a lot of work was to do a service charge I will admit and um, you know you you were arguing about you know literally a couple of hundred quid here and there but it made a huge difference at the end of the day because you know you want all the caps that are in place in your lease to apply and you know you want to make the most savings for your business um, and for, for your company for your for your client um, so you know you'd argue till the nth degree until you win um, and you know I'd spend uh, yeah, about two years arguing some of these cases and yeah, it still weren't being agreed and at the end I think they just got annoyed and said you know what this guy's not letting go I think we've got to agree so sometimes it's a commercial decision to agree or not agree it and you know agree a figure um, but yeah you know it, it, it was huge you know you're looking at larger costs larger rents you know whereas in the high street you'd be looking at 20 30 40 thousand pound rent here you're talking hundreds of thousands um, and, you know, you're measuring these units um, and it's a whole different ballgame. Whereas before you'd be using the net internal area. Now you'd be using the gross internal area. Um, so, you know, your method of measurement is different as well uh, when it comes to different properties. So uh, and we might do a session on measurement. I know it sounds boring, but you know there's a lot involved, especially now we've got IPMS, you know, International Property Measurement Standards. So it's the same across the world. Before it was only you know specific to certain uh, certain properties, certain areas, but now it's across the world. It's uniform across the world. It's a global profession. So um, yeah, we'll do we'll do something on that. Um, as well as managing the sort of service charge, I did a lot of the insurance work making sure that the insurance premiums weren't being excessively charged by landlords. Um, you know, you, you, there are these companies out there who will go out and argue to the nth degree about these charges and say, why is it valued at this? Why is it? Why is the excess this? You know, what is included in the insurance? What is the premium for? Where have you gone? Have you got competitive quotes? All these things you've got to think about. Um, you know, when, when you come to your car insurance, for example, you don't just go to the first quote that you get you shop around confused.com hey um so yeah you shop around and hey no this is not an ad for confused.com other sites are available so before you get uh asked about it there are other comparison sites available um sounds like i'm working for the bbc there but uh, anyway um 
so yeah, that that you know, it was a whole different ball game from going to high street to um, retail parks, and you know, with these with these um, larger sites, was let loose on rent reviews. Never done a rent review in my life. You know, instructing agents um, and trying to uh, you know agree the rents. You know, if it's a, if it's if it's an RPI linked increase, can you just do the calculation yourself? Get it verified, agree it, document it, get an RRM rent review memo, get that signed, sealed, and delivered. You know, can, is it as easy as that? Do you need to get someone to do it professionally? Do you need to get an agent involved? Uh, uh, you know, do you need to get an arbitrator, an independent expert? We're we looking more into that because uh, rent reviews are a huge thing for me right now. So. Uh, um, we'll do we'll do a separate podcast on that at some point. Um, so yeah, I was introduced to all these new things, new angles that I'd never even dreamt about when I was managing the um, high street shops. They did exist, but you know, being a charity, you were trying to get as simple leases as possible, so you weren't exposed to a lot of these things, which you are with major retailers and larger retail parks. Um, so the types of properties have a huge, huge factor. Um, and then now, uh, currently working for another retailer who is a supermarket occupier, um, but I currently work in the non-operational, non-trading side of things. So, you know, I don't manage the supermarkets and the convenience stores at the moment. It's more to do with being the landlord and uh, managing the surplus properties and the subtenanted properties. Um, so the shoe's kind of on the other foot whereas with the homewares retailer i was the tenant now i'm acting as the landlord and they're the tenant so you know the shoe's on the other foot so it's another leap in 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 a, in a different direction in my career so i'm not where, where i learned all about being a tenant and you know all, all the aspects of that now i'm getting to learn about being a landlord and you're still doing service charge insurance fm and repairs and all that stuff but you're trying to keep the costs low and you know try and make sure everyone's paying you you know paying you correctly and whereas as an occupier you'd want to make sure the rent reviews are as low as possible whereas now i'll try and get an increase as much as i can so, you know, as well as working with different properties, um, I've now got the experience of looking at it in different angles as a landlord's um, uh, perspective and as a, as, a, as a tenant's perspective. So, again, huge variety of things, huge variety of things um, that, 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 that apply when you're being a surveyor, working as a surveyor, working in the profession. Um, so I know I've been rambling on for a while now, and I think it's probably a good time to call it. Um, so I just want to say, um, let me know if there's anything you want to hear about um, or want me to discuss, uh, want me to do a podcast on, because your comments and feedback are going to make things better. And it will give it will be a huge help to me, really, um, and help me plan these sessions and podcasts. And, you know, rather than me just rambling on about everything and anything, it will be a bit more structured. So, um, yeah, please do uh, let me have your comments and feedback and any suggestions, of course. Um, we are now on Spotify. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can follow on there. Uh, please like it, follow it. Uh, let everyone know that, you know, this podcast does exist. Um, send them the link. Uh, and lastly i just want to say thank you for listening to me rambling on um and of course just let me know if there's anything you want to hear about um and i will try and do a podcast on that i've got lots of things to talk about um i just don't want to make these podcasts too long that you tune out and forget about it so please stay tuned and looking forward to the next one um next episode will be coming soon um so yeah just keep your eyes out
and thank you for listening.